Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake. I'd like to welcome you to the Black Ink Podcast, and today is episode number 82, and I just want to start with this funny little story I just remembered in my head. I remember this one time when I was younger. I I even forget what the... I think it was one of those situations where, you know, on school holidays where the Shire or, like, the council will put, like, events together for... It's not an event. It's like a, a bus that, like, all the kids of that Shire, their parents can, like, sign them up for that thing and then they can go, like, on an excursion or a trip sort of thing during the school holidays. I think it was, like, one of those things because it was, like, with a bunch of other just random kids. It wasn't, like, you know, school or something. It was just, like, some random weekend event sort of thing. And we're at this, like, mini golf thing. And as they're, like... So we've got there and they're, like, oh, so what is... what You know, what's everyone's names and rah, rah, rah. So we're putting our names down. And they're, like, oh, you can put nicknames down if you want. And I'm, like, oh, fuck yeah. And, like, I like my name's Jake Kerr. It's got a syllable per name. You know what I mean? Brilliant leader's name. But it's not really easy to make a fucking nickname out of. So for me, I've always had that... You know, like, it does, everyone wants a nickname. You know what I mean? you got a nickname. It's kind of like you're, you're in involved in something it's like you're part of a, a bigger picture you know what i mean so i was like oh hell yeah my nickname is uh my my nickname is everyone when i'm not here everyone else just calls me well they call me my nickname and my nickname is uh it's scorps and they're like it's what and i'm like it's it's scorps like the first part of the word scorpion but with an s on the end like a plural like scorps and they're like all right, cool. Scorps it is. And then for the rest of the day, like I have fucking clear memories of hearing them saying like Scorps and being like, the fuck sort of name is Scorps? I'm like, that's, that's my name. That's the name that I told them that I am. So, <laughs> so dumb. So point of the story is, wish I'd held on to the nickname and just forced everyone to call me Scorps from now on because, well, from then on, because what a fucking ridiculous name Scorps is. Why, as a child, did I think having the nickname Scorps would be cool? Like Curry or even Jakey, you know? Everyone calls, oh, mum calls me Pooh Bear. One of those things that was actually, I mean, it's I guess it's not cool when you're a kid and your mum has a name like Pooh Bear for you, but it's kind of one of those things now that because mum has called me Pooh Bear for so long, I'm like, I own Pooh Bear. And if someone's like, yeah, Pooh Bear, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, Pooh Bear. Okay. Like, trust me, I fucking know. Now, also, I know what you're thinking. If you're a long time listener, you're like, hey, Jake, the fuck happened last week? You dropped the ball or something? Firstly, welcome to your new week. Obviously, this is uploaded first thing Monday morning and you're listening to it first thing Monday morning because you are a dedicated, loyal listener and I love you for that. Secondly... I recorded this on Sunday afternoon, right after I did all of my goal or after I've just done my goal planning for next week and kind of like my goal assessment for last week, which is kind of like my little Sunday afternoon ritual. Sit down, look at what we're trying to achieve, what do we get done and what are we trying to you know, do next week and where does it tie into the bigger picture of what we're trying to achieve this month and this year and make sure everything's kind of tracking right. So I think it was it, it's Firstly, I mean, the first thing I realize is I I try and upload at least two podcasts a week at the moment. And to be honest with you, I'm still searching for that sweet spot this year, whether it's two podcasts, three podcasts. And I mean, last week I did one podcast and it was seemingly really good. Like it got like it didn't do really well in numbers or anything, but how I felt about it and, and like the technical side of things, how I got to my points and everything I was quite excited about. So Maybe even one is a magic number, but the point is I'm trying to reach a certain amount of podcasts made in a certain amount of time. So I need to keep the fucking ball rolling and thus I'm going to be releasing three this week, which is why you're getting one first thing Monday morning and you're welcome. So last week was fucking crazy. The biggest thing that happened was like Riz got, uh, so 
for those of you that don't know, Riz had for the longest time, well, for as long as I've known her, it's her first car. It's just a belter, you know, it's a Holden Barina. And just like crazy issues with it, you know, like one of the back windows goes down, but it doesn't go back up. So we just have to like tape it in position so that it can never like move up or down. But then if you accidentally push the, you know, winder down for too long on the master control panel on the driver's side, then it'll just try and pull it down and it'll get stuck a certain amount, you know, just stupid little things like that. You can't get the, the shifter for the automatic like out without having to manually push down a solenoid and like just having to change lights in the back of it is an absolute fucking nightmare. So like the tail light's been out for ages. When we were moving in, the fucking, the, the wind caught the fence and it swung around and put a fucking hole in a door, like a hole in the door of a fucking car. So it's just like, you know, all these things is at a point now where the car itself, even if it was in brilliant condition with the amount of case it, it has would get fuck all money, you know? So it's kind of one of those things where like, oh, we can spend money on this and that and the other, but we're not going to get any more than what we're going to get for it right now. So you may as well just leave it. But that has, I mean, obviously kind of peripherally for the past, maybe I'd say six months, we've been looking for a car for Riz and Obviously, if you've bought a car, if you're looking for a used car, especially at the moment, you'll know that the climate for used cars at the moment is absolutely ridiculous. And literally trying to find something that like, this is a thing like used to go, okay, here's my conditions. I want a four cylinder car that's less than four years old with under 100,000 kilometers in automatic. And you'd have in the pool of cars of WA, you'd have like a slice of the pie, right? And it's like, now, the slice of the pie that once was, it, you get like 5% of it. So if you have those four variants that I just said then, so if you want just automatic, less than four years old, under 100,000 kilometers, and what else did I say? Let's throw another one in there, under $20,000. You've got like a selection of fucking 15 cars. It's crazy. And obviously, I know people who really know the industry are going to be like, there's thousands of cars. I'm talking about cars you actually want to buy. So relax, okay? But... It's been such a thing that obviously like being Riz's first proper car, I mean, the, your first car is your first car, but this is like her first like nice car, you know, this is the first car for her. So it was really interesting to go through the like whole tribulate, tri tribulous process of finding the car. Um, and obviously once you've found the car, doing all of the research and homework to make sure that, that it's a good car, everything that you can kind of do within your control. So we went out on Wednesday because we actually found one on Facebook that was perfect. It's, it was a little uh, Kia Rio. It was a 2018 model, had 40,000 kilometers, $18,000, perfect. So we go straight to where, where it's at when she finishes work. And unfortunately it had sold 10 minutes early, a cash sale, of course. And there was no way that we could even, you know, make an offer on it sort of thing. So that kind of started our little journey into looking for a car for Larissa. And we went to the car yard after that and after that and after that, and you know, Typical thing, you get there, there's either no fucking secondhand cars at all, or there is secondhand cars, and they're all 40,000, 60,000, and this thousand. So with the money that we had to spend and the kind of conditions that we were trying to meet, it wasn't, it wasn't an impossible task. It's just one that obviously with enough time you're going to get done, but don't be in a rush. Otherwise, you can be pushed into the corner of making kind of a crappy decision, especially when it comes to purchasing a used vehicle, because... I mean, do we ever honestly know the reason why someone sells a car? You know, I mean, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This is why like certain things you're like, oh, I wouldn't sell this to my family or I would sell this to my family. Meaning like if the car's no good and you know it's no good and you're selling it for that reason, then you sell it to whoever. But then if someone in your family is like, oh, can I buy it off of you? You're like probably, probably not this one. You know what I mean? Just, just go and buy another car. Don't buy this one, you know, but 
regardless, it's um. So yeah, it's like kind of a stressful situation. But also, when when we went to this last car yard, obviously, we found this car that strangely enough we've probably walked past a few times before. But it wasn't until the big thing for me was like I think Riz kind of looked at it and she may have moved on a bit. And I've gone back and said, "Hey, Riz, this is really cool. This has got a two liter, two liter, uh, two liter turbo diesel engine." I was like, that's pretty cool because it's like a, it's a little car. You'd expect it to have a little petrol engine. And if it was a petrol version, I don't think I really would have taken as much notice. So I saw the engine. I saw that it was under 100,000 kilometers. I saw that it was like in reasonably good condition and it kind of met all the other criteria. It had everything except like tinted windows. I'm like, check this out. So anyway, half an hour later, we're in this car driving around. We went to RAC. We got the bloke there to have a look at it. He, yep, all good. And like that wasn't a fucking official look. That was just a, oh, yep have a general fucking once over and a little bit of a Google to see the general problems these cars have. And then we went for a bit more of a drive around, took it up to 110, took it to 80, you know, just see how it kind of felt, raced it around the back streets a little bit just to make sure she's all, you know, tight and secure and a good rig. And Riz was in love. So as far as I was concerned, it was just a case of, you know, getting the money together and doing the paperwork and all the research and rah, rah, rah. So that was my Thursday spent talking to as many people in the uh, particular car brand that it was that know about all that sort of stuff, talking to my mechanical mates, you know, trying to figure out as much as I can about this make and this model and this particular car itself as far as the service history, where it was serviced, who used to own it, what sort of people they were. And I'm sure there's a good portion of you out there listening thinking like, who the fuck does that much research when they buy a car? Hey, it's how I was brought up. I can't fucking help it. But also, it's one of those things where... And also, this is a weird topic to talk about, right? So I've been letting this kind of like mull over in the back of my head lately. Like, I believe that there is something to my nature that's very... Like, it's very similar to... Um, like, not... Like, the easiest thing to say is like an addictive personality. It's kind of like... I can't help but see things through the whole way. And not necessarily because... I've always been like that and that's who my character is, but because that's not what I've always been and I don't enjoy the results of half-assing things. So in my mind, like if I can do something to the best of my ability and it's, you know, obviously there's some situations where you have to take into account how much energy and time is this going to cost me and what is the reward for doing it completely perfectly compared to maybe not as good or maybe good enough. But most of the time, you do have the time and energy to do it because it's only like another five or 10% of your time and time or energy to do something super fucking brilliantly. So therefore, why wouldn't you? And it's interesting that brilliantly can be like, brilliantly is like when you're out with your mates and, and, you, and your mind is saying like, don't have another one. And your mates are like, come on, the old you would have. And it's like, well, I'm going to do this brilliantly. Okay, I'm already drunk. Why not fucking blackout, right? So... I see that as an opportunity to like, especially with this car, it's like, okay, so there's information out there about this car, okay? And that information can adjust the probability of whether or not this car is a good or bad purchase. So when we buy this car, obviously from the minute we drive out the gate, there is obviously every opportunity in the world for something to go wrong, right? And that might be something as simple as, you know, the fucking engine runs out of oil, or maybe one of the wheels falls off or, you know, it could be anything, the brakes don't work, whatever it might be. But we can actually lessen the probability of any of those problems occurring and have like confidence in the vehicle based off information 
simply through asking some questions. And all we have to do is ask the right questions to the right people in the right time, and we can drive this car out of the gate with confidence that it's a good car and just be able to enjoy that feeling of like, we just got ourselves a new car, let's go have fun. It means we can do X, Y, and Z now, and off you go. So in this particular situation, for me, it's like, okay, well, we've got the service history, we can talk to the serviceman, we can find out about the previous owners, I know that I've got a friend with a hoist. I know that he knows his brake systems. He knows X, Y, and Z, so we can get up on a hoist. We can do all these things. And sure, it means losing a day and having to do heaps of running around. And unfortunately, you know, having to reprioritize some things that maybe you probably should have done that day, but getting this done because you know that obviously purchasing a secondhand car is a super time sensitive situation. So just being able to like reprioritize everything, fiddle this in, and then also be able to like the next day, hand the keys over to Riz and be like, here's your new car. I'm 99% sure that this is gonna do everything you need it to do and more, you know? So it was a fucking, it was an interesting sort of week because that was something obviously you can't prepare for because you don't know what's gonna happen until you find the car. And then when you find the car, you've gotta show up. You've gotta have your best, you know, your, your fucking, best face forward asking the right questions and being confident and being courageous and asking the sometimes difficult to ask questions you know if you find something not so great about the car and just saying to the dealer like well what are we going to do about this you know this can't come out of my pocket this is this is your car at the moment what are we going to do to fix this and even yeah actually actually if i'm honest with you that's something that i've been thinking a lot about lately i've got this um i've got some things written up on my whiteboard so i kind of see them every day and one of the big things that i've got in green is courage over comfort. And something that I'm learning a lot more the further I get along down this path of being a small business owner is that you have to continuously be courageous. And it's something that when you do so consistently and so kind of like uh, with lack of fear, you know what I mean? Like you just kind of get into it and you're like, okay, I am the sort of person who makes decisions, whether they're big or small, whether they have a lot of impact or not a lot of impact. And I don't treat them all the same, but how they affect me is all the same. So being able to courageously make the decision and say, okay, well, this is one service down. I want a service thrown into this whole deal with no cost added. So that's completely on your back. And however you want to word that to the person you're having the conversation with, obviously the car salesman in this particular situation is up to you. You can dance around it. You can be very direct. You can add some foreplay with some light conversation beforehand and then slide it in right at the end with a firm handshake, whatever you want to do. But the fact is, there's going to be a moment where you're going to have to step up and you're going to have to say something that in all honesty, if this situation wasn't occurring, you would never want to or have to make this statement or question, but you've got to be there and you've got to ask a question. And when you've asked a question, you've got to hold eye contact. And when he's making his decision and he's mulling it over and you've got to wait for those three seconds that feels like four and a half fucking minutes, you can't flinch. And when he says yes, you don't want to smile, say thank you. You know what I mean? All these things are like things that like, unfortunately our generation grew up watching movies thinking that these moments come so naturally and organically and when they do, you know exactly what to do and how to feel. But the reality is when these moments come, most people shit the bed. They don't know how to respond in a moment of courageous fucking confrontation. When the moment comes that they've been practicing for with those stupid conversations they have in their head over and over and over, when the moment comes, well, they just fill their pants full of piss, don't they? They don't say what they're actually thinking because they're scared that it might change the future. That 
this one moment of being the person that they want to be is going to have such a severe reaction on the reality of the person that they actually are moving forward into the future. Man, I feel like obviously the context that I'm talking about being in this situation with a car salesman or even being in a situation with one of my clients, you know, when I'm talking to someone and I'm saying, well, here's, for, for example, something that I've struggled with personally, but I'm coming to, to terms with a little bit better now is appreciating how much my time is worth. And it's something that I talked about this a lot in the earlier podcast, so it's kind of nice to be able to re- relay this progression now that I'm at episode 82. But at the start, I put a lot of focus on less how can I make heaps of money and more on how can I get as involved with things as possible. So then I started to value my time a little bit less and valued my passion and energy a lot more. So what that meant was what I brought to the table was a greater general interest in progression of whatever project or whatever situation we're talking about, whether it's a conversation or whether it's a massive thing we're trying to put together, whatever it is, only focusing on what is the best result for this project, okay? And now that kind of journey of just letting passion fuel you, because for the longest time, if I'm coming to the table with two minutes of experience on Photoshop and a website that I built last week and I learned how to do it on YouTube, how the fuck can I expect you to pay me for that? Okay, and with integrity in mind, I don't want to be the snake oil salesman saying like, I can build you a brilliant website and I can do this and I can do that. Look at this example of one that I built. Maybe here's a couple that are similar to one that I built and I take the credit for whatever you want. And I sell you the idea that I'm that guy. And then I deliver a subpar product because I wasn't honest with you. Then that's not really an option either. But coming to the table and saying like, hey man, like I quit being a truck driver last year, but I learned how to market and I learned how to use Photoshop. I learned how to use Shopify And I've done X, Y, and Z. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm happy to take on whatever, you know, whatever your project may be and apply the skills that I do know. Okay. And I will charge you at a rate that I think is valuable. And and I'll, I'll be honest, I started at a rate of $25 because I knew that all day I could go and get a job on the street, whatever it might be, you know, McDonald's, truck driving, whatever, whatever it might be, $25 is a pretty reasonable amount to assume that I would be able to earn if I was just working for someone out, you know, out in the public. So that's why, that's why I set my bar is I'm, you know, I'm worth $25. This website is going to take 16 hours to make 25 times 16 is, I think it was actually, I used to, I'll, I'll do it in eight hours, no, was it eight hours, uh, whatever it was. I think I charged like 400 bucks to build websites like a year ago, which even to me right now is fucking crazy. $400 for two days work is insane. Like it's not that $400 isn't a heap of money for two days work. It's the fact that no, okay, got myself in a hole here. Watch me dig my way out. The thing with how I see those two days is if I don't do it in a two-day block, that's about four days work. So what I need to do is from day one, eight o'clock, I'll start plotting, planning, figuring out how it's going to look, getting all my assets, you know, building anything that I have to build, getting ready so that when I want to actually build this website, everything is ready to go. So all those files are ready to go. I've got all the information. I've got all the copy. I've got all the X, Y, and Z. So then on day two, I can just spend eight hours completely forming this thing, problem solving as I go and making sure that by the end of the day, I've got 95% of a fully functional website that I can hand over to the customer. Because reality is if I do that in bits and pieces in two hour blocks and four hour blocks, that planning process that should take say five hours of that first morning blows out to a week. 
Because when you start and stop, your mind is picking and dropping, picking and dropping, picking and dropping all these ideas instead of just going like, here's all my energy, here's all my attention, I don't care about what's going on, okay? So, that is $400 under the condition that I do it in two days, okay? Now, to do what I'm talking about there, to execute it properly, I either need to do a fuckload of work before both of those days start that I already do, my, my, my background posting, all the stuff that I create for my account, for other accounts, all of those digital assets I create, I would need to do all of that before those days or have them ready to go beforehand, so build them days before and still have to post and engage and do everything I do. So we're still talking about at least two hours before I start this day for that particular job, right? So now we're going at the cost of probably my fatigue to begin with, that's my initial problem. And then secondly, I can't be doing any other jobs. I can't be moving the position forward on any other projects that I have with all of my clients or for myself because I'm completely dedicated to this one thing. So then all of a sudden, things start falling apart around it because the things that take the, the penalty of that situation isn't actually the jobs. It's the things that we don't think about like family, sleep, and eating. So then I'm start. So then my anxiety raises a little bit because I'm like I'm not getting what I need done. I'm sure I'm moving this needle forward. I'm getting this little bit of success, but the payoff is only for four hundred dollars. When I'm working on projects, it could be potentially worth thousands in the future. So then it's like okay, cool. If I was to build someone's website now to make it justifiable with the projects that, and this is the thing, like I'm betting on myself in this situation. And if you're a regular listener, you know this. You know it's not. I'm not being cocky at the moment. I'm just explaining to you how I do this. The projects that I'm working on at the moment are not at all tangible. They don't hold water, right? But I have enough security in my ability to execute that by doing the groundwork that I'm doing now, these projects will be built and they will be worth this much that I'm valuing, valuing them at. And therefore, if I was to have anything at this part of the process that I'm in right now, then I would have to value it at such a rate that it's competitive with that. Otherwise, what was the point of doing any of the work to do with these projects if I'm just gonna take on these outside jobs that go for two days at a time? So, and look, it is one of those things, even as I say it, I can wrestle it the other way. But to be honest with you, I have too many options. I have too many options. You know, like I have so many pieces of equipment now that mean I can take my business in so many different directions. And I was explaining this to a mentor last week, actually. It was a really good conversation, three hours uninterrupted with coffee and no mobile phones. I can't explain how fucking thankful I am to have conversations like that with people who want to have conversations back. But I was explaining to him that I'm in this situation of trying to realize where you're at at any point in your life is really difficult. You know, like, for example, just for a normal run-of-the-mill life, you have all your fun in your early 20s, and then you get to your 30s and your 40s, and as I've been told, and as I've learned through narratives of film and, and books, that you have this feeling of that your golden years are in your 20s. But the problem is when you're in your 20s, it didn't feel like that. It just felt like, you know, oh, whatever, I'm in my 20s. I'm just doing the damn thing. You don't realize your options because none of them have really been taken away from you yet. So you have this categorization of your, in your mind of like, that is what that was. I just wish I knew it at the time, right? And the thing that I feel about what's going on now is because I've grown out of fucking control. Like I've met all of my goals and surpassed some of them to a point that this is now not recognizable because when I imagine the future that I wanted, this is better than. So to actualize what's going on in real time, it's like, I like to think 
as I've spoken about in the past, that I have some sort of idea that I know I'm in the golden years right now. I know I'm going to look back at literally probably this podcast, me saying this going, holy fuck, dude, you were in the middle of it right then. And you think you said, you think you knew it. Look at you saying it that you think you know, but in reality, you still have no fucking idea. It's still, the the hard work is still to come, but you're doing the hard work right now. Yes, I'm, I'm losing myself, but you understand what I'm saying here. So trying to figure out what this is and especially when people look at you make these jumps in, you know, you keep stepping, you keep stepping, you keep stepping and people go like, oh, fuck, okay, Jake's actually doing the thing is black ink is a thing. It's been going on so long now that it's getting to a point where it's not undeniable, but you could definitely argue in favor that there's probably a future ahead of black ink rather than not, right? So when people ask me like, well, what's the plan? What are you doing next? Or what's the greater plan? What are you trying to do this year? I don't fucking know. I don't know. I didn't know I was gonna have a vinyl cutter and printer. I didn't realize I was gonna be pumping out so much of my heat press. I didn't know I was gonna be this smart. I didn't know I'd have the relationships that I've got. So realistically, I'm just, I'm still reactive to what's going on around me. And while I talk about my plans and everything, sure, I do plan and I do keep planning forward. But I mean, all I know is that if I keep working at this point at the same rate that I'm working and probably not working more learning, if I keep learning at the same rate that I'm learning and keeping that curiosity and that passion pointed in one direction, that that is going to equivalate into something worth talking about, right? It's funny because I've actually stumbled onto the next thing that I'm going to let myself be totally absorbed by. And to be very honest with you, I can understand why 99% of the people around me that I tell this idea to have absolutely no appreciation or understanding why I'm doing it, but I can see the value in it. And look, I might look back and think, what the fuck was I thinking? But I tell you what, I don't even want to say anything. Maybe I do. I don't know. We'll just fucking wait. Let me get to the point that I'm making here. So I was trying to, I was saying to him, you know, we're, I'm in this point with my business now that like we're into the second month of 2022. I'm doing things that I really never thought I'd be doing. And I'm learning things that I never thought I'd be learning. And I'm learning them in a way that I didn't think it was possible for me to learn. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting so enthusiastic and and locked into reading books every day. And also to like making specific time to like, oh, I've got a spare 20 minutes. Can I jump on YouTube and keep learning about this thing? You know, or even when problems come up, having no emotional response to it other than, okay, let me, what, how do I need to Google this to figure this out? What's the correct terminology? What's the correct way to word it? Am I better off YouTube this or Googling it? I'm just in a different space right now. When I assess what that space is, that whole learning thing, I'm in my apprenticeship. That's what's going on right now. Right now, all I have to do is learn. I have to keep learning, keep learning. And the thing that I realize is that by continuing to learn, I'm continuing to be uncomfortable. I'm continuing to do things that I have no real, like, I think it's the ability to ignite passion into the thing that you're trying to learn and appreciate the journey along the way as the good part rather than actually learning what it is. And we all know this. We know that, you know, to be extreme, to be the best, uh, you know, cyclist in the world, it isn't the moment that you get the gold medal that you're like, now I'm the best cyclist in the world that it's all for. It's the journey there, you know, like, and we, we get this, you know, but the thing that I find at the moment is I'm getting really good at establishing that this is the next thing I need to know. And then mapping out exactly what that means, reverse engineering it, and then just fucking doing it. And my execution rate has gone from like fucking a year to six months to a month to two weeks to now I can execute thoughts to full-blown, 
you know, like physical executions in <laughs> physical executions, like I go out and kill someone. <laughs> no, I mean, like being able to, you know, have a thought, fit, you know, do all the problem solving, figure out whether or not it's something that's viable, put it into working parts. What do I need to, do to execute this? And then just doing the damn thing. I can do all of that and learn things so quickly now that it's just a case of like, okay, how do I best direct this energy? How do I best direct this attention? And then doing that over and over and over and over and over to a point that like, it doesn't really matter where the energy or attention is pointed at. I never have any like, I, I never like hesitate to go and learn that thing. It's just like, okay, let's go do it. So it's super interesting, not only having that realization, but having actually the, it's super interesting just having someone in your life, being able to have that conversation with that's the same age as you and understands what you're talking about. Because to be very honest, and I've said this before, I'm on a fucking island by myself at the moment. Like, I don't like, this is the thing, like there's no one around me to answer the questions. And even if there was, I don't even know what questions to ask. And he is someone that kind of feels like if, when I do, if, and when I do have the questions, I can ask them. And even if it's not the, the right or the wrong answer, he gives me an answer because he appreciates where the question is coming from. So that is the coolest part. But besides that, having the awareness to like go, Oh, okay, cool. I don't need to know what black ink's doing in six months. I just need to understand how to work this vinyl cutter and printer so well that if I got any job, I can handle it, okay? You, I just need to understand how to heat press so effectively that if someone needs 20 shirts, I can buy 20 transfers, 20 shirts, and I can perfectly apply them, right? That's all I need to know. I just need to understand to the best of my absolute ability how to screen print, process, you know? And this is the thing, like, I'm getting to a point now where like I'm getting so efficient with these other tools and I'm realizing that screen printing isn't even necessarily the thing that is like, I thought that was going to be the heart of this whole business. And I realized that, that was kind of the stepping stone, just getting to these other pieces of production equipment that are actually, ooh, that actually heaps more effective at doing the things that I'm trying to do. And now I'm looking at the screen panel, like, damn, it just seems to be big and clunky and have heaps of parts to it. And at the, but at the same time, like I've figured it out, you know, in a way I kind of want to somehow build value and quality around the process of screen printing so even if it's just for black ink i can completely utilize this thing and who knows maybe one day five years down the track i'm doing something that has some sort of similarity or the same learning benefits that learning screen printing does so i'm already halfway there and i can like recognize that prior learning within myself and just excel forward and whatever i'm trying to excel at so as i say having that conversation with someone and just like being in a position where you say things is a big deal. And I, I have the same belief with writing things down as well. The thing about journal writing is, and the thing about having a conversation with someone that you have a lot of time and respect for, who has the same amount of integrity, if not more than you, and has something to offer in whatever the you know flavor of conversation that you're having, they have something to add to that. It's the... What the fuck was the point that I just made? I got too carried away. I'm trying to figure out the right word and it was flavor. You know what? I don't fucking care. Moving on to the next topic. Nah, I got to get it now. That's fucking annoying. Dude, I can't believe that fucking... Oh, yeah. So here's the thing. When I recorded episode 80, which was kind of like the... Like, you know, I, it was the one where I said, oops, shouldn't have said that. And yeah, I fucking went too far on it. You know, there was so many things that I said. It was, and it was also one of those things. I didn't go too far on it necessarily. I think the one thing that I'm learning is that these super clips that I take out, they, uh, they have the potential to be seen by millions of people. So I have to be not necessarily careful, but just be aware that the fact that clickbait 
can come come around to bite you on the ass. And not necessarily that this is something that has affected me like that and that I'm scared of, but it's just a case of I don't record these podcasts with the intention of cutting out 30 second clips and advertising it. That is a part of the marketing that I engage in. And also the best way to advertise it is to find the most interesting, embracing 30 seconds, put it on the internet in a forum where it's going to be reached to, you know, have a lot of reach, which is TikTok and Instagram, YouTube shorts, whatever it might be. And then letting people who are interested in that find your podcast and listen to the rest of it. And obviously with episode 80, I said some wild shit. I had some people reach out and talk to me. And that's kind of the first time I've had real engagement with topical stuff from the podcast where people have said like, hey, I understand your point of view. This is my point of view. I'm not asking you to change your ways. I'm just asking you to hear my point of view. And 100% respectful. I understand it. It was brilliant to have that engagement. And also, to be very honest with you, I changed the way that I thought about the particular situation. I don't want to get into the situation because it's, for the sake of the conversation, not important. But... Episode 81, oh man, it's, I never wanted to get political with this, you know, I've always kind of kept myself on a mountain of, uh, what do you call it, separating myself from the general thing that everyone's talking about, purely for the sake of you guys, you know, I want you to be able to find something that you can listen to and enjoy and kind of forget about the rest of whatever's going on in your life for 45 minutes a few times a week and not touch on these things that we're talking about all the time. But as I mentioned in these podcasts, obviously it's at a point now where it's affecting my life so much so that it's occupying occupying enough of my mind that I render it important enough to bring up on my podcast, which I don't want to dirty this platform with shit that everyone already fucking talks about, you know? And I did it. I did it twice. And I really let, let my fucking opinions fly. And what happened was kind of, it's not a big thing, you know, I'm, I'm building it up because, you know, I'm trying to make content on a podcast, who cares? But it was definitely something that once I saw it happen, it hit me, it made me feel kind of sick, I didn't like it, and I had to respond to it in a way, in a way, you know? And what this was, I took an extract out of episode 81, which uh, is named, I'm opening a skating rink, and the extract was something along the lines of, I'm now the creep who hangs out the front of McDonald's asking your kid to buy me a cup of coffee with a $10 note and saying they can keep the change. Now, just in case you're unaware of where this little kind of statement comes from, it's because young kids, you know, like 17, 16 year olds in Australia, because the legal drinking age is 18 years old, they would pay someone older than them to go and buy them alcohol. Now, let's say they give them a $50 note and they say, I want the cheapest bottle of vodka in there. You keep the change, 600 ml bottle of vodka. So homeboy goes in, he gets a $37 bottle of vodka. He goes back out, he keeps the change, gives the kids a vodka. That's the whole idea, okay? So if you want, if someone's doing you a favor, you get them to pay for the drink. So you, you pay for the drink and give them a tip for their fucking, for helping you out, right? And so because like me saying, oh, giving someone some money and they can keep the change. It doesn't really give it any fucking context. So I'm like, oh, let's swap those age roles. And now I can, now I'm an adult. I can pay someone young to go and get the coffee from McDonald's and keep the change. Anyway, apparently that went fucking totally over everyone's head. So everyone's like, why the fuck? Are you, why would you ask a kid to do your dirty work? It's like, it's buying a fucking coffee at McDonald's, dude. It's not dirty work, okay? What the fuck is wrong with you? 
And then there's other people saying like, uh, what else did we get? Dude, it just, so basically what happened, I posted that on TikTok. And for all of you who don't know, I post these little clips on TikTok and I've been doing it. Some days I do it like three times a day because if you know how TikTok works, it kind of boosts you up into the algorithm and by proxy, you will eventually have a video blow up. And that's what kind of happened. I kind of had a little bit of success with a video last week about the whole people getting offended by changing the name and date and fucking pronouns, whatever the fuck of Australia Day. Hey, don't care. And, well, actually, no, that's the thing that I do care about, but it's more the past of, yeah, than the, anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway. But the thing that, uh, what the fuck, what we, Australia Day, don't care about it. I've fucking done it again, dude. Oh, that's right. The fucking Mac is TikTok. Dude, that was fucking... <laughs> Another universe. So, the Mac is TikTok. But yeah, the other one kind of blew up. So then I get this other... I get this uh, one about the McDonald's coffee, right? And it gets like, you know, 400 likes and it gets 50 comments on it. So I'm going... And like, man, the, the, like everyone's just saying like I'm a crazy anti-vaxxer and that I've... Like I need it. I'm the one who elected to not have vaccines. So I'm the one who should be, uh, you know, accepting of all these new rules and all the rest. And like, also I was like, oh, so now I'm unvaccinated. I'm not allowed in public spaces. And everyone's like, oh, McDonald's isn't a public space. It's like, yeah, but you fucking get what I'm saying though. Right. You understand that I'm saying now that I don't have the jungle juice in my arm, I'm not allowed to go walksies into the Mickey D's. Okay. That's what I mean. I don't mean the McDonald's is a public space. And you know that that's not the most important part of this little clip because that's about a third of a second of it, okay? So use all of the cognitive function that you have in your limited capacity of a fucking human brain and go along with the joke, okay? Because if you look at all of my other clips, you'll see that I don't take much seriously, okay? So fuck you. But you can't say that in a comment on TikTok because people take, man, Instagram and TikTok are just like your grandma. They're not taking any bullying. They're not taking any swearing. I think TikTok's a little bit more lax, but I mean, Instagram, dude, you can misspell pussy and they'll still catch you up and give you a warning. I'm not allowed to go live anymore because I'm too much of a fucking, I don't know, free thinking activist on Instagram. Dude, all I did was said some people need to kill some other people in a comment and then you lose your ability to fucking go on live. It's crazy. So... I was faced with this situation of like, and like, man, there were people who were making um, like references to the Holocaust based off this video that I put on TikTok. Like, dude, for the first time, I got a real taste of what the fuck is going on on the internet today. It's crazy. And I understand I put myself in the public spotlight. I literally come on camera twice a week, speak 45 minutes from the brain off the top with no list to go off and then super clip that down into little digestible fun bite-sized bite pieces of media so people can find me and go and investigate the rest of my podcast and people will still catch you up on using one or two wrong words even when it has nothing to do with the greater point. You know, hey, and I get it. You got the vaccine. So now you feel like everyone else should have to make the same health risk that you had. But no, when I'm worth something in the future because I'm unvaccinated, I'll just giggle at you. And that's fine, dude. We're all friends. Okay. And you got to remember that when you're in the comment section. And that's what I did. So I just responded to everyone like people saying like, you know, McDonald's isn't a fucking public space. Right. And I'm like, oh, sorry, dude. I, I didn't know that. Oh, Okay, so here's, here's the reason that I actually kind of wanted to talk about this, right? I didn't know that you're allowed to go into places and order takeaways. 
and then you know if you got a mask on you can wait and then you can get your takeaway and then you can leave because coronavirus doesn't affect people who get takeaways so I was wrong I can go to McDonald's I don't have to be creepy and get a kid involved in buying a coffee and you know McDonald's isn't a public space and I could have gone in and I could have got my coffee and I could have come out and I could have not made any of that but you know what do you know what I actually went for a ride on my push bike that morning and as you know you listened to my podcast you heard the whole story before I went on that push bike ride I imagined me being out the front of McDonald's recording myself being like now I've got to pay this kid fucking 10 bucks and let him keep the change to get a coffee. Dude, how times have changed. But I didn't do that. You know what I did instead? I held on to that beautiful little nugget of an idea, that gem of a joke. And I came home after that ride and I recorded a podcast. I set it on the podcast. I executed it beautifully. And then I later dissected it, uploaded it, semi-knowing, just being in touch with the fucking universe that it would do something. And it did. And I got something in return, like an emotional response. I felt overwhelmed. I felt offended you know, which is a choice. Being offended is a choice and that's okay. I was offended. And then I realized I got exactly what I asked for. I don't need to attach myself to what actually is going on. This is just part of the process of becoming who I want to become, you know? So I treated it all with respect, with dignity. You know, I said to the person, Hey, I didn't know that. I didn't know that I could go in and get takeaways. I did a little bit of research of my own. Cause that's what you're meant to do when you learn something is double check it for yourself, not just trust that, Big Dick Swinger 1994 is telling the truth. Okay. So I did my own research and I write and, and I thank them. Okay. So if you were watching that and you got all flustered and you're like, this fucking guy doesn't know that he can go in and get takeaways. Oh my God. And you get on the comments and your fucking fingers are shaking and you're sweating. And then you realize like someone's already said it and you open up the comment. And you're like, oh my God, he knows. Oh. He knows. No, it's fine. No, 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 no. He said here that he, he didn't know before, but now he knows. Like, bruh, we're allowed to learn. We're allowed to get better, okay? That's the idea of going through time in one direction is you're allowed to get more knowledge as you grow. How fun is that, you know? And that's the biggest thing with all of this, you know? Like, I, I, a part of like, oh, someone's fanging it outside. Second year, third year. Yeah, he fucking sent that home. Fourth gear, he's gone. But the whole fucking... What the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> Dude, and also, I know exactly what you're thinking, okay? I understand exactly what you're thinking. It is four o'clock on a fucking Sunday afternoon, so you're exactly fucking right. It's raining outside, it's shitty weather. I got the curtains open just a little bit so I can see the rain. I can see the wind fucking blowing the trees and shit everywhere. And I can just sit here and revel in the fact that I don't live in a fucking caravan anymore, okay? So you're exactly right. That's exactly why I'm forgetting everything because I'm having the fucking time of my life. You understand? <laughs> shit. Man, but look, dude, I hate the idea. That's what I was talking about. I hate the idea that someone can see one of my clips and think that I'm not that funny or think that I'm not that interesting or maybe my voice is, you know, not what they want to listen to or maybe it's what they would actively not listen to or maybe they don't like how I move my hands or the fact that I don't look directly at the camera and I actually look just a little bit above it because that's where the green light is on my phone whatever it might be maybe you don't like my posters or my little fucking puppy dog that I bought when I was like fucking eight years old and it just coincidentally turned out to be the exact same type of dog color everything down to the fucking collar as the dog that I ended up getting for my first pet hey what the fuck okay but 
this is the thing. Like, I don't like the clips of me from even a month ago. I look at that and go like, oh man, he's saying, you know what I mean? Like every fucking 16 seconds, what's going on? And then I look at my first podcast where like I do these little like imaginary skits in my head and think that everyone knows what's going on at the same time. Like, hey dude, no, they don't. All good. But that's the thing, like I'm getting better and better. And then I remember that as I'm getting better and better that everyone else is getting getting better and better. And I fight with myself because you know what? I like I want to defend that you're trying to get better and that they're trying to get better. And that person over there and my neighbor, I want to defend they're all getting better. That they all have a seed inside of them of perfection that they try and water and grow every day and one day become that perfect idea of who they are. And that that means something different to everyone and that everyone's on that path of trying to succeed in whatever they're trying to succeed in. But you know what? I look at idiots wearing masks in the shopping center and I believe that no one's striving for that. I think everyone's just surviving. This hasn't got anything to do with my pod clips. It's more got to do with like, I had to fucking go political because this is getting crazy. I don't think people realize that this is the start of the end if you don't start to push back, if you don't ask the questions. And I understand it's scary. I understand it's hard to have courage sometimes, but the more you do it, the better you get at it and you get to a point where you don't take shit because it's not an option anymore. And when you're the one person not taking shit in a fucking society of people who do, God damn, it's hard work. It's hard to stay positive, you know? We've talked about this before. But that's the thing, man. You know, like, as an artist, as a creator, you have to accept that the first thing you're going to make is shithouse compared to the 10th, compared to the 100th and 1,000th. And the fucked part is when you get to 100, you're still like, look how much fucking better this is. And you start to think of like, well, is it comparable to the 1,000th thing? Probably not at all but you just have to still keep pumping these things out because it is the best thing you made and you've got to focus on it being the best thing you made and hope that no one comes across you for the first time or me for the first time and think, look at this fucking racist piece of shit. Man, man. But, dude, can you believe I call myself Scorps? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Like, Scorpion? Oh, I bet you it was about around the time of the Scorpion King. I love that shit, dude. Dude, you watch a Scorpion King back now and you're like, this is fucking embarrassing. You know what's crazy? Like, we all just think, how crazy is it that people in movies from ages ago didn't know they were going to be who they are now? Like, you watch, like, Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic and you're like, of course he was this good at that age. Like, look what he turns into. He didn't know back then that he was good. You're watching that with the knowledge that he's going to become that. He didn't know that at the time. How crazy is that? But then with that said, like, I know within myself, like, dude, I don't know if anyone else has ever had this. I've told this to a few people before, so fuck it, why not put it on the internet, you know? Because obviously it's a fucking fully formed idea that I'm feeling confident about in this moment. So I've always felt that I, like, know what's coming next. I I have spoken about this on the podcast. I know how I went about it, the structure of it. It'll be a little bit different this time. I know that, not that much different. I know that, in the future, I knew at the middle of last year, I had to keep on my path. It would get to a point where I didn't have to really worry about money that much. So much so, we went out looking for a rental when we are leaving the caravan and I knew we'd find a rental even though our 
kind of like paperwork situation of me not having a job, coming out of a caravan, no rental references, no savings, nothing, no money coming in. We wouldn't be able to get one going through a normal rental agency. We were in a rental by the end of the week. And I remember saying to Riz when we came here from Mandra, like, she's like, I don't want to just, you know, move back to your dad's place and end up living in the caravan forever in the back of your dad's place. I'm like, honestly, I understand how you completely can see that as a potential for the future, but I know that that's not going to last very long. Sure enough, we got back, things sorted themselves out, the dust settled, we're in a house. And then once I was in the house, I was like, right, all you got to do is keep rocking up. This is going to grow into something. And as I said before, I didn't know it was going to be this, but it did grow into that. Oh, yeah, I made a contradiction on myself in this podcast. By the way, if you picked up on it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't, if you didn't pick up on it, do you never fucking know, okay? It is what it is because I'm not going to interrupt what I'm talking about now to, to, to make myself right, okay? But, oh, and again, I've forgotten what I'm talking about. Dude, I've reached my time limit. Be good to you, mum, because I'm fucking out. Nah, it's not fair. I remember what I was talking about and it's actually so... I ended the podcast and everything and then I walked away and I was like, oh, actually, hang on. No, this is, it's fair, you know? But I've always had this feeling that the next thing coming is always like, sometimes it can be scary, but I've always had a feeling of like, oh, I know what the, the next thing is, so I don't need to worry about it. And like, I knew that I would run out of all of my money and I'd probably go a little bit beyond that. I knew it would be tough, but I would get to a point where as long as I hung in there, it would all make it worthwhile. And I'm now at the point now where the pendulum got up to that fucking high point it touched the ceiling it actually got stuck there for a minute and now it's just starting to swing back the other way and i feel like now i'm at the point where it's all starting to all be worthwhile and honestly like let me straighten my shirt up for this i'm not scared about the future at all i see it clearly that everything's going to be fine that this is going to keep growing and i've known for a long time that I would build something big. I just didn't know what it was and how it would start or what it looked like or what it felt like. So I never really had any fucking, I never gave it any value. And now I'm starting to have this feeling from inside of me, kind of like like a subconscious feeling of like, yeah, you were right, you were right. And that just adds to my confidence. It adds to my passion, adds to my courage. It's like, I'm just on an ultimate path of what I'm meant to be doing. Nothing else really matters at this point keep doing what you're doing, you know? And how this was contextual to the rest of the fucking pod, uh, to the rest of the conversation I was having, I'm not sure. I think I just kinda, yeah. I also, in, in, in a sort of a way, I just wanna put it on camera so that later on when it does happen, it's kinda like a, there you go. But that's how it was contextual. I think Leonardo DiCaprio, there's something in becoming super fucking great that is completely non not accidental. And to appreciate it is to know that like, to be that good at something, you have to believe in yourself for the longest time that you are the best and you're on the journey of becoming the best. And therefore, he knew when he was recording Titanic that one day he would be in every other movie that's a decent name, that he is gonna be the sought after name. He's gonna be the draw to the movie. And to look at that, to, to be in such a position in that particular example where his like moment by moment by moment, his progression was all caught on film. It's literally the comparison is from film to film to film. So you can see this brilliance in action, unrefined, but still amazing and beautiful in 1999. And then again in 2021 and see two amazing things, but how one kind of didn't know, but somehow did know that they were going to be great in the future. And then I'm, you know, cross-reference myself because of course I'm egotistical and thought that was important enough to say. Anyway, now I'm actually going to go. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Be good to your mum because I'm fucking out. Yo!